Hello guys and welcome, welcome to, to Happy, Happy Single, Single Mums. Are you really just going to copy everything I'm saying? Yes! <laughs> Hello guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums, a podcast surrounding real single mummy life. So, here's your host, me, Khalifa. Joanna Lopez is a wonderful lady. I found her on Instagram. She has a magnificent platform called The Breakup Recovery Coach. And her page just drew out to me because it says that she would help a woman get over her ex-partner within 15 minutes, male or female, to be quite honest. And I oftentimes feel that I have difficulties as a mum, as a single mum, when I think about my ex and just the negative attachment that I have when it comes to getting over a breakup and sometimes when I speak to my single mummy friends even though the relationships might have been bad we still go back you know so hence why I just thought that it would be such a magnificent idea to have you on here because you are a breakup recovery coach and I need your help we need your help so please introduce yourself to the audience please Hi everyone, I'm so excited to be here. Definitely this is an honor and I can't wait to share with uh, with you everything that we're gonna be unpacking today. And hopefully by the end of this, uh, this podcast, you are gonna have a little bit more understanding and you're gonna know what to do and how to start your healing process. So exciting. Yeah, uh, what I wanna know is like, please tell me about your story. What inspired you to actually create this magnificent platform? Yes, absolutely. So I was sharing with you earlier that when um, when this when I made my transition before I actually became a, a breakup recovery coach, I was already I was a business and life coach, and I was doing that kind of neuroscience in in back, I was a background I had a background in neuroscience. I I had like clinical clinical hypnosis. But I was a clinical hypnosis uh, practitioner. I had a lot of understanding about the mind. But when the breakup occurred, I had a, a very painful breakup a couple of years ago. For whatever reason, I just couldn't get myself over my ex. I just couldn't, couldn't stop uh, thinking of him. I was like completely depressed. I was lost, confused. There were, there were these thoughts that kept torturing me. Should I go back with him? Should I fight with him? Did I make the right decision? And I just couldn't. I was, I was completely got pretty dark. And in, in my darkness, the curiosity came in and, and I went into a journey of trying to understand, okay, what happens? Why does this, why is this so difficult? Why can we not get over? Why we can't get over something that is not good for us anymore? And in my research of everything that I was trying to figure out how, I found one of, one of the speakers that I went through a lot of, uh, seminars and work to try to understand what happens in the brain. And one of the doctors that were um, that, that I went to one of the, their seminars say that EFT is really good for for a for a broken heart. And when I heard that, because I'm a, an EFT practitioner, I was like, wait a minute, why did it never occur to me to do EFT on me? And the reason why is because we don't take that serious how painful this is, because EFT is a technique that used for trauma, phobias, for things that are way worse than a broken heart. So and EFT stands for emotional freedom technique. So Long story short, after my research, I put together a few neuroscience tools, a few things, trying to understand how to reverse engineer the process that was going in my brain. And uh, after two weeks of doing EFT on myself, my emotions, the spell of emotions that I was going through neutralized. I was completely out of that. I was able to see things clearly and I was able to, to see the whole thing in a different, in a different spectrum. Um, that to me was shocking. I didn't, I didn't, I, I couldn't believe it. Like I was under this spell of emotion and I'm going to explain later why those that happened. Uh, but what came to me when that happened was, you know what? I want to share with people because I can only imagine how, how painful it is for others. Because if someone like me who has some kind of understanding or has some resources, I was, in such a dark place, but God, I was in such a dark place, like I was completely depressed and on the bottom. 
I could only imagine all the people that don't have the resources that I have, like how painful that is for them. So that is very close to my heart. So I think that's when I started making my transition because there were no many coaches that do what I do now that there are more these days, but, but back then there were no many break or recovery coach. There was only one more person I think that does what I do. So I was like, there is a need for this. Start putting workshops and start teaching these, these, these principles. But, uh, but everything came because of that uh, painful breakup. Wow. So what actually does happen during a breakup? Because I'm so curious as to why we behave the way we behave. Because I know that when I go through breakups, initially I'm fine. And then I want to, you know, it's like, a, it's like something dies, you know, you go through the, the emotions. One minute I want to party, next minute I want to be in my house, next minute I want my friends around me, even though they're around me, I still feel lonely. You know, next minute I want to call the person at three o'clock in the morning saying, I miss you. Like we go through an array of emotions. And even when I have in situations whereby I have gone back to an ex and I have just thought to myself, why have I done this? And I've like dug a grave for myself because I'm like, I now I need to try and figure out a way to jump back out. But there are certain stages where the voices in your heads is just saying, go back, go back. So what actually happens to us during a breakup oh, and how can we overcome these negative thoughts? This is so exciting. Thank you for asking that. That is a really good question. And you're not alone on this. And this is a question of many. And, and um, this is very common, like I'm not trying to understand why, if I know this is not good for me, why do I keep going back to that? Like I can understand it, but why do I keep doing that? Well, let me explain something, ladies, or I think it's only ladies, right, in this podcast. So please uh, stay with me. Everything's going to make sense. So we have, you probably guys heard this before that we only use 10% of our brain, correct? Yes. You are with me? Okay, good. So that 10% of our brain is our conscious mind. Is the part of you that is thinking, analyzing, rationalizing, making sense. That's your conscious mind. So there is another part of your brain called the unconscious mind, which is the 90% of your brain. And that part of your brain is the part of you that you are not conscious of it. Like, like your butt on the chair right now, you uh, breathing in or breathing out without thinking, is it time to breathe in or is it time to breathe out? You driving without thinking if you know how to drive, like, I mean, just doing it automatically. Or things like, um, or things like for example, uh, yeah, like when you have like a cut in the, the tissue that just regenerate on your skin, so that is your unconscious mind healing like all of the things that you are unconscious of it but it's still within you so now i promise everything is gonna make sense so in the middle there is a thing called the critical faculty and that is a fine line that that distinguishes between the conscious and the unconscious so even if um a lot of the things that we experience understanding about the conscious and the unconscious happens a lot of the change that we try to do or we try to make uh, we try to do it with our conscious mind but unless a shift happens unless a shift happens in the unconscious mind your neurons will keep asking for the same for example like i mean you are in a toxic relationship and you keep coming going back to that man who treats you like shit and you're like why am i doing that what the heck is wrong with me nothing is really wrong with you you can understand things you can understand things with your logic mind. You can understand you can make sense and, and, and rationalize this is not good for me. But unless the shift happens in the unconscious mind, your neurons will keep asking for the same. That's why when we watch our friend, like, oh my God, what's wrong with her? She, he treats her like shit. Like he is so bad and toxic for her. Why does she keep going back to him? It's not that it's not that she doesn't understand it. It's not that she doesn't care. It's not that she's not smart. It's because the shift hasn't happened in the larger part of the brain. So her neurons will keep asking for the same toxicity, will keep asking the same. And later on, I'm going to explain. I'm going to explain why the neurons keep asking for the same. But that is one part to understand that is very important. So now, and, and an, another aspect of all of this that it will make sense why you have this intense feeling for your ex or for someone who does, who's no longer good for you is that there is a little part in our brain called the amygdala. So the amygdala is responsible for the fight and flight mechanism. So the amygdala is there for survival purposes. So let's say, and this is something that's been 
in, in wired in our brain like for thousands and thousands of years when we when we used to live in caves and that something outside the cave could actually eat us like a tiger or something right so you will scare of changing you will be scared it was there to protect you like every time you will step outside of the cave the the, the amygdala will send you signal like a, don't go don't go something could eat you and then you will go back to your to your cave so nowadays we no longer have caves we no longer feel there is a tiger outside that could eat us at least not right here uh but the amygdala is still ingrained in our brain so when a big change when the amygdala gets triggered by big change and when that happens the amygdala associates that with danger and it starts sending signals so when a big change like for example ending a relationship something that you were used to do or even if it's a shorter period the amygdala is going to freak out it's going to completely freak out and then gonna it's gonna <clears throat> it's gonna start sending signals in all of the emotions that you feel here believe it or not it's a psychological re reaction is your brain releasing chemicals so it feels like the only way that this can stop is if you get a text message from him or if you you have a phone call with him or if you meet him or if you see him as if he talks to you it feels that the only way this these emotions or this pain can stop is if you have any contact with him and the reason why that happens is because the amygdala is sending all of the signals because the amygdala is doing whatever it takes to keep things the same because keeping things the same represents safety because wow. change represents danger for the amygdala. So the amygdala will do whatever it takes. That's why when that's when the brain starts sending all these kind of images of how awesome your ex was and the way that he would touch your face, the way he would do certain things, it forgets about why you were unhappy in the first place. It erases all of that. And it starts putting your ex on a pedestal. And that's why when we start doing all kind of crazy stuff like texting, calling, stalking, sending messages, making Facebook. promises, doing all kinds of stuff. And that is because the brain is actually, is actually, is actually uh, creating all of this. It's, it's trying to keep things the same. It's trying to keep you safe. That is, that is, ah, oh, you have, the way you've just explained it makes so much sense. But I feel like when you're actually in the driver's seat, you are just staring off the road and you can see that you're staring off of the road, but you can't control it. But when you mentioned that we use 10% of our brain on our unconscious mind, it, it hasn't come to, you know, it hasn't come to the knowledge that we've had. How do we tap into that unconscious, that unconscious mind that we are able to overcome? So how do we tap into that? And I'm going to come back to the, what did you call it? The amygdala. The amygdala. The amygdala. I'm going to sack mine. It hasn't been doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> well, everything actually does make sense because there are certain therapies. There are certain therapies that will actually help you to access the unconscious. There are very minimal therapies that you can do on your own. There are certain ways. I wouldn't test that on your own if, uh, if you are not familiar or if you are not really used to doing this. I will actually hire someone. But the, the goal or the key to do this, and, and by, by all that, by, by all means, like you can learn how to do it. I will learn from someone and then try to do it myself. I will not try to learn it uh, on, on your own. I don't know if this makes sense. The, the difference, you can learn. Like I teach my clients. I teach my clients how to do this. So they, when after their, my programs, after we finish our programs, they no longer need me. Because mm. when... Um, when clients or when people come and say, I've been with my therapist uh, for 10 years or five years, in my mind, it's like, you need to fire your therapist because mm -hmm. it doesn't have to take us that long. We can learn practices that we can do on our own, but learn it from a professional, from someone that will actually guide you and teach you the right thing. That's yeah. my, my advice. So going back to explaining, so there are certain therapies that will access the unconscious mind and will accelerate the process. And the reason why that is, is because, 10 versus 90, it is, it is, it's a simple math. So yeah. it will accelerate the process. It will no longer take you years in order for you to overcome this. Um, I had many cases, like I have a case of a client that came, was in 18 years toxic relationships when she came, uh, when she came to me. And I'm not kidding, after seven weeks of us working together, she was completely on the other side. And the reason why that is possible is because again, I do not do traditional therapy. 
where you come to the therapist and just talk. Yeah, we do talk, but we do unconscious healing. And I'm going to explain what that means in a moment. Um, because, uh, because, again, a simple math, 10 versus 90 is, is going to make sense why it's going to accelerate the process. So usually traditional therapy works with the conscious mind, which is just talk, you release, you feel good, but then you go out and you still feel the same because the shift hasn't happened in the unconscious. So something that you guys are going to love and everything is going to start making sense, and I want to give this to you guys, is that as you understand and in, in, in a little bit about the conscious and the unconscious. So with these two parts, um, with these two parts, there is another, another, another aspect of this that will actually benefit you, uh, benefit, uh, benefit you knowing, which is we receive 2 million bits of information per second. 2 million bits of information per second. So stay with me. Everything is going to make sense and I'm going to tie everything together. So we receive 2 million bits of information per second, which our conscious mind, our friend that the 10% can only handle, do you guys want to guess? You want to guess how much the conscious mind can handle from those 2 million bits of information? 70% maybe? <laughs> it can only handle 124 bits from those 2 million. The conscious mind receives all of it, but the, con the, the unconscious, sorry, but the conscious mind can only handle 124 which means that when you are in your surroundings, there is a lot of information that your conscious mind do not capture. There's a lot of information that gets deleted, distorted, or just stored in your memory that you just were not aware because your conscious mind cannot handle. And, 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 and the reason for that is because like, imagine that I have 124 toothpicks and then I'm passing you the 224 toothpicks per second, right? And you will be able to move them fast and try to move something, something around them. Now imagine I give you 2 million toothpicks per second. So you're going to be covered in toothpicks. You will not know what to do. And because the brain is, that part of the brain is only 10%. So it gets overwhelmed and it only, it, that's why it distorts and, and stores the leads and just stores memories and just capture certain things. That's why we have filters. That's where the word perception comes from. We perceive our reality, but it doesn't mean that's why when you go uh, to watch a movie or to do something or, or that you are in the same experience with someone, you might have a completely different experience than the person beside you. Because we all have our own perception. So now stay with me. So you get that, that idea, that picture. Everything's going to make sense. I promise I'm going to uh, link everything. So now, since that happens, we learn through example, which means that whatever it is that you experienced when you were a little girl or a little boy, uh, that your parents or the people around you were experiencing, you captured all of that. Whether mommy was like arguing with dad or feeling sad behind doors and she was not trying to show you that she was sad, if she was sad or she was feeling humiliated, abandoned, uh, rejected, no wanted, or whatever it is that she felt back then, you kept all of that. Because maybe you don't remember. There are things that you remember with your conscious mind, but there are a lot of information that you don't remember, but your unconscious mind does. So everything that happened when you were a little girl, you're, uh, you created a blueprint a pattern, a belief systems about what you believe about women, about men, about relationships, about love, about yourself, about all of that. You created all of this. You create a wow. blueprint from things that you remember and some of the childhoods are very traumatic or very challenging that you remember with your conscious mind. But there are a lot of things that happen that we don't even remember. That in all of that, that happened, whatever your mom experienced or whatever your dad experienced, um, you felt it and it created an unconscious block. Does that make sense? So, yeah. created an unconscious block. so whatever it is, for example, if when you were a little girl, there was rejection that whether they rejected you or, or even if they didn't reject you, but even if you, your mom experienced rejection, so that passed it to you unconsciously. That was passed to you unconsciously. So now when there is a different blocks, abandonment, or if your mom felt abandoned, or if someone abandoned you. So the abandonment comes not only from things that you experience, but that your parents or the adults around you experience. They, that was passed to you unconsciously. So and that created, that's what's called an unconscious block. Mm 
So now when we grow as adults, when we grow, when we, when we grow older, we recreate similar scenarios that we experienced when we were little girls or little boys in our adulthood life. And the wow. reason why we do that, in science, we call it your, uh, your brain is looking for resolution. And spirituality, uh, we could say your soul is looking for healing. So you will recreate, like, for example, and, and that's what it comes, the, the term, like, if, you ha- if your dad was an alcoholic, you will unconsciously. Yeah, like, a gen- like, like a generational curse kind of thing. It is not a curse. It's an unconscious block. It's an yeah. unconscious block, and you will keep looking Seeking. for it. You will look for that unconsciously because the brain is looking for resolution. But why, is, why is the brain looking for resolution? The brain is doing this to serve you. The brain is looking for a solution. There is an unfinished business about your childhood. And that's why you will keep attracting these people over and over and over again until you do something about it. But what about if someone's had a good childhood then? Because not everyone's had a traumatic childhood. If they've they've been in a wonderful nuclear nuclear family, but I see a lot of my friends that seem, I, I wasn't there, but they seem to have wonderful families but they, they still end up with, you know? Well, the thing, as I explained to you, that's why I explained that we receive a lot of information, at like millions of people, two million bits of information per second. And there is a lot of things that we cannot remember consciously. But if, if we attracted something that is an unfinished business somewhere along your journey, somewhere along your journey, somewhere along your journey, there are things that you can see with your eyes or where observe what it seems good on the, on the surface. That's why I say, even if your parents were great to you, but they were suffering in silence behind doors, yeah. that was, you, you capture that unconsciously. Because we teach by example unconsciously. So even for those friends, for those people that seem that they had perfect childhood, there was something that happened on the way that created an unconscious block. Some conscious blocks happens at some moment in time. We made a decision. So we, there is something that happens in our journey. If we, if or, if or life, there is something messed up happening, it is a representation, not about now, about way back in the past. It happens way before. So the brain is looking for a solution. The brain is trying to help you figure out when did the, when did the block happen? When did the block happen? That's why a lot of people get stuck. Uh, they think, okay, well, this relationship is not working, so I'm just going to end, I'm just going to break up and go in another relationship. But that doesn't solve the problem because you still need to deal with yourself. Definitely. That doesn't solve the problem because you bring yourself with you everywhere you go. So yeah. it will not solve the problem. Yeah. So you need, so what you need to do is you need to actually figure out, okay, what is that I feel? What do, does this relationship makes me feel? It makes me feel not wanted. It makes me feel that he's not seen. I feel like not seen. I feel like rejected. I feel, I don't know, whatever it is that you are feeling, I feel abandoned by him. I feel lonely. I feel like, I feel rejected. Okay, when in times have I felt this before? When have I felt abandoned? And you and, 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 and a therapist will guide you in how to do this. And, and the key to all of this is to figure out where is the block. Because leaving the relationship, again, you bring yourself with you and you're going to attract another partner, another partner that will have the same things until you do something about it. And that is why even you can understand with your logic mind that something is not good. Even if you promise yourself, I will not go back to that. This is it. This is over. Your neurons will keep asking for the same until you make a shift in the unconscious. That's how our brain works. And the good news about all of this is that, one, it no longer needs to take you years to recover. It doesn't have to take you like a crazy amount of time in order for you to heal. It could actually happen very fast. And the reason why I'm doing the work that I do is because I believe, Khalifa, that if we all take responsibility for our own healing, we can contribute in creating new generations of happy and satisfied families because a breakup, the emotional pain of a breakup is so painful, it's so dark, and it gets you so vulnerable that you are so willing to go deeper. Mm-hmm. A breakup is a portal for deeper healing because you are so much in pain that you are able to actually look back. When did this start and transform your life? Not only from your ex but beyond your ex 
It's yes. no longer about moving on. It's about making sure that you're going to avoid making the same mistakes. Mistakes. So you feel like every breakup is kind of like a new opportunity to reinvent yourself then? Correct. Yeah. Every breakup is a new opportunity to reinvent yourself. Yeah. And, um, and, and it's all about perception. It's all about how you want to do this. You can either heal on this one or you might, might want to suffer a little bit more and try to heal on yeah. the next one. Sometimes as human beings, we don't like pain. We don't yeah, like pain. Pleasure. So we run away from pain. What we do is when, when we're going through the motion pain of a breakup, we either put a bandage and pretend we are okay, I'm fine, I don't care, I'm good, even if you're not. Or you jump on another relationship right away to try to numb the pain. But neither of those solutions will actually solve the problem. When we're going through the pain of the breakup, it really is a great opportunity. It does open a portal for you to heal deeper and transform your life beyond your ex, beyond this relationship. And, and, and I've seen it many times with my clients. When they do the work, when they do the healing, it not only impacts their life in the, rom the romantic life, but in other areas. Because how we do one thing is how we do everything. And the other thing that I want to say is that um, it's a huge responsibility. I know that there is a lot of moms, so I want to call, call this out. It's, it's, it's your responsibility to do the healing, to do the work. If you don't want to do it for yourself, do it for your kids. Because whatever it is that you do to heal will not only impact you. If you hear me, my explanation, it will, only, it will also impact them. So because whatever it is that you do, even if you're being a great mom and not showing up your feelings or, or your pain or whatever, they, you are passing that to them. Because they are modeling you. Yeah. A lot of the things that you are doing, they are going to model that. So if you don't want to heal for yourself, do it for your kids. Because this work will not only impact you, but it will impact your kids and the kids of your kids and the new generations to come. Yeah. That's how we break the spell. I have um, a question because um, I've, I've been single for the past two years because I had a really horrible breakup. This wasn't with my son's dad, but was with another relationship. Now, when I have been on dates with other guys, they would say to me, oh, you're, you, you've been hurt. You're really closed off. And I feel like I'm fine. But I don't know whether there's a blueprint on my head that says not ready. How does a woman, after they have been hurt, they have been left, they are alone, then allow themselves to be vulnerable again and show that fleshy part of their heart that they don't want anyone to pierce how do you then overcome so you've done through the, the healing transition but then you were vulnerable before how then can you place yourself to a place whereby you can be vulnerable again because there's such a massive fear that you will go back like you go back to making a poor decision so have you got any advice for that well, the thing, Khalifa, with that, that to me seems like an unconscious block <clears throat> that, is, that is there. Like, I mean, even if you have done some work, like if, if, if you're still afraid that something will happen, means that there's still some work that needs to be done. Okay. And that is a good thing. Relationships are assignments. And the people that you are dating are a reflection of what you believe about yourself. Wow. So whatever they are not giving you is a reflection of what is still what is what you what you still need to heal and for example let's say you can you can say for example you know what i have healed that i have healed uh, my, my past relationship and let's say that your past relationship is about the the tone of your ex or something like that but if when someone says something in a certain way if it still affects you means that it's still work to do if it's yeah. still getting you if it's still Triggering you means that it still works to do. Because remember, guys, a trigger is just an open wound that hasn't healed yet. That even the slightly touch of a feather, it will make us think. Mm. That's what a trigger is. It's an open wound that hasn't healed yet. So, okay. so your relationships, the people that are that are um, that are like that you are dating, like for example, when you are dating and you can you can even write down what do I feel. What am I afraid of? And you can just empty it out. I'm afraid that they're going to leave me. I'm afraid that they're going to hurt me. I'm afraid that they're going to cheat on me. I'm afraid that la, 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 write everything down. Then when you write it down, whatever is inside is a reflection of what's outside. 
So once you internalize and try to see what's inside me, what are my fears, then you know you're going to have a list. What are the things that you need to work on? And again, I would recommend that whatever it is that you do, guys, do unconscious healing because it's going to be way faster. Whether you hire someone, make sure that they do unconscious healing. Healing, yeah. Unconscious healing, not just not just therapy, but unconscious healing because that's 90% of the brain. And even if you do it, you can try to do it yourself. But if you are doing work that is just with the conscious mind, it's going to take you a little bit longer. Just be aware of that. But yeah, so then you know, so then you know what it is. You know what's happening. You know what are the, what are the, um, what are the things that you need to heal. And that is important. And I'm going to tell you guys why. Awareness is the first step of healing. Whatever you are aware of, you are in charge. Whatever you are not aware of, is in charge of you. The moment you are aware of your pain is the moment you can do something about it. And and sometimes we run away from emotions when we try not to notice them, when we try to hide them. But the moment you face your emotions, the moment you, you face them is the moment that you can start dissolving them. Like, for example, when you are going on a day and, and you start feeling things, but you're trying to brush it off, pay attention. What is it that I feel? What is it that I feel? Uh, is it shame? Is it, is it fear? Because... Uh, on, underneath all the, all the layers of emotions, there is some kind of shame. And shame will always try to, we will always try to hide or shame, like shame that, that I'm still single, shame that I'm divorced, shame, that, shame that, 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 that I'm still struggling with this. So I want, you to call, I want you to call out your shame. Name it. Say it out loud. So you know what? I feel shame that I'm still struggling with this. Or I feel shame that this. Or I feel fear. Whatever it is, the emotion that you are feeling, name it. Call it out. And I'm willing to, I'm willing to work on this. Even in that moment, even if, it's, even if the block is not completely released, you're going to start going on a different direction. You're going to start starting the, the healing journey, the healing process. And yeah, so that, that would be my, my advice. Like, call out your emotions. Do not hide from them. Because the more you hide from them, you're going to be running away from your emotions. And it's just going to get more and more intense. So can I ask a question? In regards to your coaching, you coach male and female, don't you? Correct. Do you feel like men and women handle breakups differently? They do, yeah. Why is that then? Is it? Because we are wired in a completely different way by society, by, by rules, by the way that, that, we, that, we, um, that we were raised. Like it is, in, in not only women and men, I would say like, I would say all, all of us handle yeah. breakup in a different way. Not only be, be between men and women, but all, all of them, all, all, all of us uh, handle breakup in a different way based in, in how we were raised. But I would say... Uh, I would say that definitely, definitely men had a lot of struggles. And, and it's interesting because when I started my work, I, I, my work was for women. And when I was doing my, my at the beginning of my, 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 my career of, on, of break recovery, I started doing workshops and I was surprised that the people that showed up to all my workshops was like half men, half women. I didn't think I would see that many men willing to heal, willing to do the work, willing to recover. I was completely amazed by that. I was like wow. completely impressed. And, and for a long time, I wanted to just work with women, but a lot of men, a lot of men keep showing up and wanted to do the work and doing the healing. And, and I have a lot of amazing, wonderful male clients that I, I feel that there is also a need for that, for healing. And not everyone, but I think that is coming more and more and more and, and it's growing. So uh, I am excited for the things that I'm doing. Like I know that not everyone can afford like coaching, like one-on-one. I am aware of that. And my team, my team and I are working very hard we're working very hard to see how we can, how we can bring this work to, to more people in a more accessible way. Because, mm. so you through I know coaching can be very expensive. It is an investment. It is an yes, investment, it is. and it will transform your life in many ways. 
But we are working hard. We are working hard. I'm working on a book. I'm trying to put all my pieces together in the book, but the book is going to take a little bit longer. Oh, and I'm wow. excited for that. So would your book put all the people that you've spoken to, would it have all, all their, like well, how they've overcome and how you've managed to help them? Well, the idea of the book is, is halfway. It's still going to take a little, probably like another half a year for, for it to be published. But the idea of the book is, the idea of the book is to um, put all the practices that I usually teach or not, I won't be able to put all the practices that I teach in the book, but at least to give people the introduction to understand and do some practices on their own to start the healing journey. Yeah. So I'm excited for that because I'm, obviously a book is way more accessible for people to be able to bring to bring the awareness because we are not educated enough about what yes. happened in our brain when we're going through breakups. And I think this is needed. This is needed mm-hmm. because we all want to be able to do better. Imagine the world, how amazing it's going to be for teenagers to understand, you know what, like it doesn't have to be this painful, but it's a psychological reaction that obviously yeah. they're not going to speak like that, but that is happening right now. That is goes beyond the love that I think I feel for my ex. But it's so weird what you like, in regards to how you broke it down, it, you made it so simplistic for me to understand. And I'll never forget, I can't remember what the film was called, but I watched a film and it kind of, the, the lady, she was married and she started cheating on her husband. Yeah? yeah, so she was married, she started cheating on her husband, and then she went to a therapist, and the therapist said to her that, all right, I'm gonna tap into your unconscious mind. And it happened that when she was around nine years old, she was gang raped, but she had blocked out the fact that she was raped and just lived her life. Even when her family used to ask her, are you okay? After the rape happened, she just went back to being a little girl again. And it wasn't until she was married, had children, then she started becoming promiscuous. So it's so weird that when you said that there are certain things that happen in our childhood that we block out, we actually and, block out. But and, it wasn't until you said that that I remembered the film, that, oh, wow, this is exactly what happened in the film. But you know what? That's actually not far at all for real, from reality. We or mine is such a beautiful, 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 beautiful instrument for, for our souls, for, our, for the way that we live, that it will protect us. It will protect us and it will hide things from us. If it's too hard to handle, it will protect us and it will block it. However, that doesn't solve the problem. And that happens unconsciously. That's why doing the work, and, and I'm gonna share something. I mean, I wasn't planning to share, but we, as I say to you, we are working very hard. I wanna bring awareness. I want more people to know this. I want people to understand what are their unconscious blocks? Why, how can they heal that and all of that? Um, I don't have all the details for it, but we are working in trying to figure out how to do um, how to do a program for people in in a group environment, safe group environment, and at a more way more accessible way. So this is probably not this is going to happen probably by December, beginning of December. But I am super excited because. I'm very passionate about this. I feel like a lot of people don't know, don't know what their unconscious blocks are. Yeah. They, they, they don't know what is coming from. They, they are suffering from the pain. And as I say to you, my approach about breakup recovery goes, it's a little bit different than other coaches. I don't, it's not about just the breakout. I do obviously look about the, the breakup, the separation, and I do healing practices and therapy for it for them to overcome that but i take that as an opportunity to go deeper and go all the way back all the way back and see okay let's heal this for once and for all let's use this as an opportunity and actually in in the process is you are going to actually heal about your ex and two wonderful things that has happened working with people that when you do the healing process if um if the person that you are with or that you're struggling with is meant to be with you or has the potential to be that what you want. When you do the healing process, because your filters have changed, you will activate different things in that person. And if it's meant to be with them, you're gonna be able to be with them. And if that person doesn't have the potential to be what you want, when you change your, your filters and everything, that person will move on out of your life with love, peace and harmony. So wonderful things happen, not only moving on from the planet, but I've seen many cases and I have a lot of case studies where when we do the work, when we do the healing, actually uh, what ended up happening, 
we clean the filters, no longer having the same perceptions in, in the, same, the same way that you perceive the partner, that you are actually able to go back and have a healthy, healthier relationship. That is awesome. That is awesome. And that's so breathtaking to find out that once you change, you know, that you possibility of you having that person back can can happen because you change. Because I feel like people treat you the way in which you treat yourself, like yeah. you said earlier. And I find that sometimes when you break up with someone and you've had a couple of years to heal, a couple of years to find yourself and they see you again, they're like, oh, wow. Oh, you're confident. Oh, you've, but it's, it's always been there but they brought out something different in you. So people can bring out a blessing or a curse sometimes, you know? There, there you are, yeah. Yeah, so it's just awesome to find out that, yeah, even after the healing process, the recovery process, that you can possibly still have that person there. Yeah, you can totally do that. You can totally, totally, totally yeah. do that. So what's and one thing that you find that a lot of women echo when you speak to them about breakups and recovery? Echo in regards to something that every woman's saying to you. Is it that every woman that you've spoken to has said they've had issues with their father? Every woman saying that they've had issues with the way they perceive relationships because of this, because of media. You know, they've always wanted to be Cinderella, waiting for someone to come on a white horse to rescue them. I would say probably that one is probably one of the the, the biggest, uh, the most. I mean. In all the work that I do, I find a lot of variety, like a, a, a interesting stories. Every every time I do an assessment, every time I do an assessment with clients and try to figure out, find the, the, their unconscious blocks. Um, every time I do that, I find that even for those people that think, no, I don't have any blocks, we always find it hidden, like somewhere, like very back in the in the back, and it always has to do with the adults that raised them whether it was their grandma or it was their dad or their mom, someone in the, their childhood created an impact in, in, in the blueprint was created. But based uh, but, but about what they think about the relationships and everything, one common, commonality they see in women, and I had that too for a long time, is that I'm waiting for Prince Charmy to come and rescue me and so we can be happily ever after and I can be complete. But that is a big false premise because as you keep waiting for that man that will show up and rescue you and be perfect and, and, and be everything you ever wanted and will see you and will love you and will adore you and will, and will just understand you and get you, that is not such a thing. That is really not such a thing. But there is such a thing in a different way. Not in the way that it's been sold to us based on Cinderella's or based on fairy tales or movies or things like that. Um, it is actually possible but in a completely different way. When we look for that love, for that approval, for that acceptance outside of us, we could spend a lifetime and never find it. Mm. Because... Because of, there is many different factors and, and way beyond that I can actually cover on, on, on this podcast. But the short version is our brain is a split. So one part of our brain is a negative mindset, like negative base. And that's what we can call it uh, ego base. So that is a negative, negative part of the brain. The other part of the brain is positive mindset. Uh, we can call that like, I don't know, spirit base or unconscious base. But we, we can call it a spirit base. So... Our brain is always like talking. So there is a part of your brain that is like, oh, yes, I love him. It's amazing. Like, oh, but he's not this or he's not doing that. Or he's like, like looking, the negative part of your brain will always be looking, looking for what's wrong, for what's missing, for what he's not having, for what he's not doing, for what he could be doing better or different. That part of your brain will never let you rest and it will always sold you, sell you the idea that there is something else out there that is better, that is waiting for you. But that part of you creates a lot of trouble and chaos because that idea of what is trying to sell you do not exist. Do not exist without work. Do not exist without work because that what you want, what you wish from others, it has to start with you because yeah. everything starts and ends with you. You cannot find someone that loves you and adores you and approves you and understands you if you don't know, if you don't understand yourself, if you don't wow. know how to love yourself, if you don't know how to approve yourself, and if you don't know how to accept yourself. 
No one can actually give you that unless you learn how to give that to yourself first. Because whatever pe people give you is a reflection of what you give to yourself. Yeah. So everything starts with you. So that's why we're getting this false belief and in this false search of looking for Prince Charming, someone to complete us. But that takes us to a journey that we will never find what we want. We yeah. will never find what is lost because it's actually we're going far away looking for that when it's actually been all the way here within us, right here, yeah. right where we are, right in front of the mirror. I'm and everything so started there. I'm so happy that I, you've said that because you have just burst my bubble and I needed my bubble to be burst because I have always just thought, <laughs> oh, do you know what? There's a prince charming somewhere, but you're so right. You are so right. Everyone's imperfect. And I often say I'm Nigerian. So we, we have this saying that we have in my language and it says that even your own teeth bite your tongue. So why expect perfection from someone else? You know, if that's on my own body that can let me down, that can hurt me. So why do you expect that no one else in this entire world will ever hurt you, will, will ever let you down? And I think that that's always been my issue that, OK, I've been hurt so much in the past. I'm so afraid of going ahead to do it again. But there is a Prince Charming out there for me, you know, and I'm just like stuck in this tower waiting like Rapunzel. You know, so, <laughs> no, no. What you've said is just magnificent. Well, I want to say to you, and thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for understanding this and for taking it so well, because I want to say to you, there is a way, there is a way to have that. Yes, no prince will come to the towel and try to rescue you. You are your prince. You are your hero. Let you are your the one who is going to basically rescue you, right? You are, and, and this is something that we as women, we need to learn, and also for men. And, but, but especially us as women, because this is a women environment, and, and I want us to encourage ourselves that it's us who is going to save us. But when we, learn, when we learn how to love ourselves, when we learn how to approve ourselves, when we learn how to show up for ourselves, when we learn how to communicate with ourselves, beautiful, wonderful, amazing things happen. When you no longer care about the compliments and the acceptance and the love because you're filling your void with yourself, everything outside is actually happening in such a wonderful way. Your partner is being more loving, more acceptance, more, more, more affectionate. The, the, your partner is giving you more compliments, is doing more amazing things. Mm -hmm. But it no longer matters to you. It's, it's like, this is amazing. I love what you're doing. I love that you're bringing me flowers. But if you don't bring them, that's okay because I'm full. You know what yes. I mean? It's when yeah. a lot of things, but when we are empty, that's when we are so looking for... Where are my flowers? Or, or what is the content? Or what is the acceptance? Yes, we and want edification. Edification so much. But it no longer comes. But it doesn't come. But you keep waiting and it, no, it, no, it doesn't come. Yeah. Because it actually, it actually we, we receive a vibration or a vibrational match of what we give to ourselves. So if you want people to love you, if you want people to accept you, if you want people to approve you, if you want people to treat you nice, he has to start with you. I'm sorry, and I'm, I'm moving my mic, but yeah. yeah. So yeah. definitely, it has to start with you. No, that has been wonderful. I feel like you've just given us so many nuggets of how to get over an ex and how to overcome disappointment, how to handle the way we think, you know, because I often tell a lot of people that no one can tell you something that isn't your reality. I used to believe that, oh, no one's going to love you. You're ugly. No one's going to want you. And I believed that for so long that when people would give me compliments, I wouldn't believe, I'd just be like, oh, no, please, you just want something, you know? And in actual fact, because someone else has embedded that negative, you know, words in my head so many times, you start to believe it. When It's like when someone labels you, 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 you fulfill the prophecy, you know? And you don't have to accept that label as women, as mothers, it, as, uh, even as men, you do, you do not have to accept that label. And I oftentimes think that, you know, when you see those yin and yang pictures, we need to change the way we perceive relationships because we don't have to fit in together. You have to be whole yourself. And then another person will come and compliment you. You don't have to be a yin and yang that I have to be broken, you have to be broken. And then let's try and fix this together. No, no, no. Because no. if 
And I found that whenever I've been in relationships, I've been always wanting, okay, fine, I'm, I'm, I'm not whole myself. You need to give me a compliment. And it's kind of like an addiction. You just you need to be fed. You need to always have someone give you a compliment, always have someone tell you that you're worthy. Up until the time I feel like I'm worthy, that relationship, that person's always going to be in power. And that's, I think that that's the biggest issue a lot of women have is that we've given someone our power and then when they're walking away with it, we're like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? And it's always <laughs> been in our own hands. We're yes, yes. I love that. You know, You're so right. It's yes. been in our hands. Where can people find you? Because anyone that's listening to this, in the time that we have sat down, I feel like I've just got so much knowledge. I want to call up my girlfriend and say, girl, did you know that 10% of the brain? Like, I, I feel so impacted. I feel so like re rejuvenated with all this knowledge that you've just given us. Where can people find you on social media? They need to find you and follow you. Uh, you guys can find me on social media as the breakup underscore recovery coach again the breakup underscore recovery coach that's on instagram uh you can find me also on facebook as joanna lopez mentoring and um you can send me emails if you want to know more about i did not mention it but i'm having a, a free master class because i really want to want more people to know about how to identify your unconscious blocks. So if people are interested in knowing and learning how to identify your unconscious blocks, that it's gonna be a free masterclass that I'm gonna be teaching. Uh, I think I don't have the days yet, but I think it's gonna be the last week of November. Excellent. So if you guys wanna know about that, you can send me an email at info at joannalopez.com or you can always just send me an, an Instagram message. Yeah, that is awesome. Guys, I just want to thank Joanna Lopez once again from the Breakup Recovery, uh, Breakup Recovery Coach. And you have been listening to Happy Single Moms and I'm your host, Khalifa. You can find me on Instagram, Khalifa and Josiah. I would love to connect. I'll my feet.